The following is a sermon that was preached at Faith Lutheran Church in Sharpsburg, Georgia. For more information about our church or to hear past sermons from Faith Lutheran, visit georgiafaith.com. Thank you for listening. In the name of Jesus, amen. Who has God's favor? The man who lives in a mansion or the man who lives under the freeway? It's a difficult question, isn't it? Because you want to say it doesn't matter how someone lives. But it's hard to deny that the man who lives in the mansion seems to have a whole lot more blessings in his life than the man who lives in poverty under the freeway. Who has God's favor? What would you say? Today in God's Word, in our Gospel lesson, our Savior Jesus poses a similar question. He asks us this morning, are our circumstances in life an indication of our status before God? You've probably never heard it called the parable of some rich guy and Lazarus before. But that's what Luke says. He was just some rich guy. But he wasn't just some rich guy. No, he was some obnoxiously rich guy. He didn't only have the best clothes. No, he had the best of the best clothes. No modern designer brand could come close to what purple, what a statement purple clothes made at that time. It was so expensive to make and so painstaking that usually it was reserved only for royalty. And make no mistake, some rich guy liked to live like a king. He not only wore the appropriate regal clothes, but he uh, lived in luxury every day. Another way to translate lived in luxury is that he feasted every day. A life of feasting every day or a life of luxury every day, it all comes to the same place. This rich man lived a life full of purple clothes and good times, always. And part of feasting at that time was inviting friends over to have them enjoy the wealth. So when his friends would show up to see his house, to see him, see every, the whole feast he had prepared, there was one eyesore, one blotch on his entire estate. And that blotch's name was Lazarus. Lazarus wasn't just some poor guy. No, he was some obnoxiously poor guy. He had quite literally been thrown to the side, made, made to beg at the rich man's gate. And when the rich man and his friends would gather together to feast, Lazarus would look through the bars of the gate and salivate as he watched some rich guy take a perfectly good slice of bread, wipe his greasy hands with it, and then throw it on the ground. When it was time to leave, some rich guy and his friends would pass through the gate as far away from Lazarus as possible, because not only was he a beggar, but he was terrible to look at. He was covered in big, bloody sores that would only serve as the occasional palate cleanser for a passing stray dog. Some rich guy. And Lazarus. Can you imagine two people more different? And that was Jesus' point. The crowd Jesus was talking to was filled with a bunch of different kinds of people. Most of them were just common Jewish citizens. Some of them were disciples, but some belonged to a group called the Pharisees. 
The Pharisees were the religious ruling class of the day, and they were considered experts in the Old Testament. And while they were experts in the Old Testament, they had this nasty habit of upholding rules, laws, traditions, and beliefs that weren't actually in the Bible, even though they claimed they were in the Bible. And one of these beliefs was that rich people had God's favor and that poor people were under God's curse. It kind of made sense at first glance, right? Good people get good things, and bad people get bad things. And it wasn't only an attractive teaching, it was also super convenient for them, because they happened to be the richest people at that time. They would go around in long, flowing robes with extended tassels on the bottom of them, just to show how pious they were. And when they would give donations or offerings, they would make a big spectacle of their giving, and so that everyone around would know just how much God had blessed them and how generous they were because of how pious and devout they were to God. So when they heard the story of some rich guy and Lazarus, well, they would have said to themselves, that's justice. Lazarus is getting what he deserved. Maybe he should try to stop sinning, and maybe God would give him more blessings. But there was one thing that the Pharisees didn't understand. There was one thing Lazarus had that some rich guy would never have. A name. No more than that, a confession. A confession of faith, because Lazarus means God is my helper. One day, God is my helper died. And not long after him, so did some rich guy. God is my helper, was taken up to heaven in the arms of angels. But some rich guy was put in a pit. A hole was his home now. No gates, no feasts, no purple regal clothes, just hell. You can almost hear the Pharisees begin to grumble and complain, right? What foolishness is this? You're telling me that the man who so obviously had God's blessings, who so obviously earned all these good things from God, and who obviously cared about God's word enough that he kept away from all of these unclean things, who had earned his way to heaven, he's the one who goes to hell? But Lazarus, the beggar, the epitome of God's displeasure, the man covered in sores and unclean slobber, He's the one who's in heaven? Yes. Because they didn't understand it. it had everything to do with the names. Some rich guy. And God is my helper. Well, after taking in his new hellish surroundings, some rich guy looks up, and who does he see? Lazarus. Lazarus experiencing his first moments of heaven. Lazarus celebrating with Father Abraham. But Lazarus' first moments of heaven were interrupted as some rich guy shouts from hell, Father Abraham, have pity on me. Send Lazarus down. Have him dip his finger in some water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. How ironic. Such audacity. Some rich guy calls out to heaven from hell, asking that Abraham send Lazarus down like some second-class servant to give him the care 
that he never gave to Lazarus for one moment in his life. Lazarus was at his gate every single day, but he gave him nothing. No food, no water, no money. To make matters worse, some rich guy knew Lazarus' name. He wouldn't walk through his gate and say to himself, Ah, poor beggar. No, he'd walk through his gate and say to himself, Ah, poor Lazarus, and walk right on by. Now in death, the roles are reversed. It's now some rich guy who sits at the gate. But this gate is not made of iron bars. No, this gate is a chasm, an abyss that no one can cross. And he's the one who calls out for help, calls out and watches as Lazarus feasts while he suffers. In response to his cry for help, Abraham says, No. In your life you had your good things. Now Lazarus has his and besides... No one can cross the chasm. So in one last act of desperation, some rich guy calls out and says, Then send Lazarus to my brothers. I have five brothers, and I don't want them in hell too. Abraham says, They have Moses and the prophets. They have God's word just like you did. Let them believe in God. But some rich guy says, no, Father Abraham, that's not enough. They need something amazing. They need something powerful. They need a miracle. Send Lazarus. Have him rise from the dead. Then, then they'll believe and repent. But Abraham shakes his head. If they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone rises from the dead. And that's it. That's all we hear about some rich guy in Lazarus. He had everything. Everything he could have ever wanted. Except faith. He convinced himself that there was something about who he was, something about his past, something about his heritage, something about the blessings that God had given him that made him secure and guaranteed heaven But he was so terribly mistaken. Lazarus? Lazarus lived every day thinking that the whole world was against him. Lazarus lived every day thinking that God had abandoned him, and yet he heard Moses and the prophets, and he lived up to his name, God is my help. He trusted the message of a Savior. He believed God's word, and he lived. It would be easy to stop right there, to say, oh, that was a nice story, or I'm glad that some rich guy got what he deserved, or I hope the Pharisees learned their lesson. But the truth is, Luke didn't expect the Pharisees to read the Bible. He expected believers to read the Bible. He expected us to hear what God had to say. So what can we learn from Jesus' words this morning? And it's more than don't be like some rich guy. That's a given. Don't be like some rich guy. But included in this parable is comfort. Comfort for every believer. 
Jesus has to say to you this morning, whether you live in the mansion or whether you live under the freeway, whether last week was the best week of your life or was the worst week of your life, whether there's good times in store or hard times, the believer receives Lazarus' reward because we are Lazarus. God is our help. We have heard Moses and the prophets. We have heard the apostles, the evangelists. We have heard our Savior Jesus. We've heard about his life and his death and his resurrection. We believe and we will live even though we die because there is only one resurrection from the dead that we need. So, who has God's favor? The man in the mansion? Or the man under the freeway? The answer? The one who has faith. Because faith finds favor. Our current circumstances are not an indication of our status before God. Because God cannot love you more than he does right now. Because of his son, Jesus. And even if your life looks like the greatest thing in store or the hardest thing ahead, know that God is working every moment of every day so that one day, like Lazarus, you may open your eyes and find yourself in paradise. Amen.